0: From the brains behind Teal the Show, this is Teal the Podcast, your source for Jaguars news and analysis with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you into Teal the Podcast. We come to you before a live on tape studio audience. We are at a uh, an undisclosed location of a distinguished gentleman and other Jaguars fans who are here and uh, Mark. This, we haven't done any live taping of a podcast before, I don't believe, but here we are.
1: This is a first, and uh, we're looking forward to it. This will be
0: a lot of fun. This will be the best live taping of a podcast we've ever done, guaranteed. Today. Today. <laughs> All right, since we're about ready to get things started, I'm not going to worry about the fourth preseason game, because as you know, nobody does. But let's uh, let's talk about this Jaguars team, what we've accomplished so far, what we've seen accomplished so far in the preseason, have you seen enough to have formulated an opinion that is any different than your opinion was when the season the preseason began?
1: You know, I think that the, uh, uh, where we're at right now, and I'll, if, if I'm being honest, I would tell you that at least offensively, uh, uh, I have some concerns. And, you know, in, in our time, um, when Tom Coughlin was the coach, we actually played in preseason. We were actually out there, and, and uh, it was important for us to get some work. It's one of the things that Tom felt was very important, that if we were getting ready for a regular season, then we were going to play the preseason games and have the starters out there and get significant amount of work. The NFL is changing now. Everything's a little different now. Right now, it's, it's, we've got to preserve the health of our football team. We can't have these guys out there. It's too risky. If guys get hurt, then we don't have them for the season, and I, I understand it. But I think there needs to be a balance between getting some game time reps, uh, and uh, and having your team ready uh, for the for the regular season. So it's a little different right now. Coach Morona's taking a different approach, of course, um, and it's based obviously on what happened last year, um, ending up five and, le- and eleven, the team just being decimated with injuries. But going into this season, obviously they're not going to they're not going to play in Atlanta, uh, or when the Falcons come to us. I think the defense is fine. Obviously, they've, they've got a lot of talent. We'll get into that. But the offense got four series. They did have a drive. I didn't think they looked all that sharp. A few players stood out, which we'll talk about. But uh, I have some cur- concerns going in right now. When
0: the schedule came out back in April, I, uh, we've talked about this, I went on the air and made my predictions, the win-loss, win-loss. I had them an 8-8. Eight and eight. I said, all right, I'm going to wait till after the draft and free agency in the preseason to make a determination to see where I think – I, have, I don't think I've seen anything that will make me move off that spot. I think the defense is going to be terrific, and I think they can win some games. They did get some benefit from having some teams in the division lose some key players for either ever, Andrew Luck, the year in Lamar Miller for the, for the Texans, or four games, Taylor Lewan of the of the Titans. But um, I, I, this still looks like an 8-8, eight, 9-7 eight, team to me. That's the bad news. The good news is, Mark, nine and seven might win the AFC South this year.
1: Well, that's true, and, and uh, you know, and I think as far as fans are concerned, and all of us in this room right here, you know, every year we're what are we aiming for? We're aiming for the Super Bowl. We want to get back to what happened to uh, for the Jaguars two years ago, where they got to the AFC Championship game and got this close to beating the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl. But I think if you're if you're Tom Coughlin, you're Doug Marone, you're Dave Caldwell. Um, it's really not just about this year. Obviously, the Super Bowl is the goal. There's no question, but they have a plan, and I think eight and eight, nine and seven, maybe even ten and six uh, would be would be just fine because they're building to, for something. Um, it's not just. It's never just about one year. It's about the long term plan, and, and typically in the NFL, that's a two or three, maybe a four year plan. So. To get eight wins, to be 500, I think that would be a win for the Jaguars. I think they'd be happy with that. Obviously, for the fans, uh, we're, we wouldn't be too thrilled about that, but they do have a plan
0: going forward. I've got to be honest, I'm not sure I believe in four-year plans in the NFL anymore, yeah. honestly. Uh, things change too much too quickly. Injuries can derail you. Uh, right now, the Jaguars have a situation where they have Yannick Ngakwe entering the last season of his contract. They don't have him signed up for the future. Jalen Ramsey's got uh, his fifth-year option coming up. They get him his fifth-year option. They can franchise him twice. You have an an, an angry Jalen Ramsey playing for a couple years. Calais Campbell, at some point, is not going to be as great a player as he has been, just based on age. I don't know when that's going to happen. So you talk about window of opportunity. Usually you think about that in relationship to the quarterback position. The Jaguars right now are a defense-led team, and their three best defensive players— all have some questions about how long they're going to be on this team. So I'm not sure about this long range. I don't know if it jives with what the reality of the situation is right now with the salary cap and, and contract situations.
1: Well, the league, I mean, the league does change all the time. And, and uh, uh, every year, uh, as you know, there's, there's a lot of turnover. Um, the good thing is, and what brings you some hope, is when you, when you have a Clayus Campbell who's pretty long in the tooth and he's getting towards the end, we're giving a lot of money. Do we hold on to a veteran of that many years for so long? Uh, but then you bring in a guy like Josh Allen, and you're like, okay. You know, okay. Uh, there's a good young player that's got a bright future. He's going to be around. So the old guys you can't really hold on to, your hope is that you find some up-and-coming stars to fill their shoes. For a lot of these guys, it's hard to do that. Uh, the good thing is the salary cap's going up, so you can pay some of these guys. But there are some big contracts coming uh, coming down the road, and it'll be uh, – It'll be interesting to see how that how this plays out. One of the big questions for
0: this team, in my opinion, is what kind of an identity does the offense have this year? New offensive coordinator, John DiFilippo. New quarterback, Nick Foles. New starting, if not front-line wide receiver, Chris Conley. Hopefully rejuvenated Leonard Fournette. Hopefully offensive line that can stay healthy. Um, there are a lot of new and question marks about that offense. We haven't seen much. Uh, can this offense be good enough to win 10 games if this defense is healthy and does what we think it's going to be? I, I think it
1: can. It has to stay healthy. I think the, uh, as far as the starters are concerned, I do have some, some concerns, and I'll get into that. But this is a team that has very little depth. We have some really good players on the, on the defense with a measure of depth. But offensively, there's not a lot. Uh, we saw that last year, especially with that offensive line. I think four of the five offensive linemen that started the season ended up in, on IR uh aj can was really the only guy that that uh um lasted the season so you got a 5 and 11 team last year you've got a new quarterback a new offense some new faces chris conley we're not sure uh what kind of leonard fournette we're going to see we're not sure how these young receivers are going to develop we like dd westbrook but there's a few other guys that we're not sure about uh we don't know who's going to be starting at tight end and uh and we've got a, a, an offense that has had four series in four games of a preseason. So when I say concerns, those are the reasons I have concerns. I'm a firm believer that, that you can't get game reps on a practice field. You know, I heard that from one of the players uh, before the second preseason game. Uh, he said, you know, you know, we're getting some game reps on the practice field. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> that those are me? practice reps, guys. Sorry. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make any sense. You know, if you want to get ready for a game – You've got to be out in a, in a preseason game. Those, that's the purpose of those preseason games. So it wouldn't surprise me if the defense um, does really well in the first quarter of the season, okay? It, probably the rest of the season. It w- also wouldn't surprise me if it takes some time for our offense to get into a rhythm, rhythm get into a groove, start so, uh, scoring some points. I think, honestly, I think they'll struggle early. Um, listen, I like Nick Foles, he's an upgrade. He makes good decisions. I don't think Nick Foles is an elite quarterback, but he is certainly a quarterback that has had elite moments. I think Nick Foles, like most of most quarterbacks, and I was included in that. I think Nick Foles is a guy that really has to have good people around him. That's how I was. I needed good people around me. I had Fred and Jimmy, I had Keenan and Tony and Leon Searcy and all these guys. Cal Brady. I was pretty good when I had those guys. I think Nick's kind of in that mold, but I'm not sure who really Nick has around him right now. I'm, I'm optimistic, I'm excited, I'm looking forward to it, but honestly, my expectations for the offense, especially early in the season, Cole, aren't really that high. Yeah, can I be Johnny Dark Cloud for a moment? Sure. If I look out there,
0: I don't, I don't see a Fred Taylor. I see Leonard Fournette's got a chance to be a very good back if he's got his things together, and he's motivated and healthy and fit. But I don't know that he's Fred Taylor. No. Nope. Uh, I don't see a Jimmy or a Keenan or a Kyle Brady. Um, I don't see a Leon or a Tony. I may see some Ben Coleman's and some Dave Whiteells out there, but I don't see, you know, guys who are good level players. I don't see star players on this offense. Now, a quarterback can change that, not just with his play, but I think with the, his approach. One thing that really strikes me, and Mark, I want to get your take on this. Last year, Blake Bortles wanted to be one of the guys. He, you know, that his approach was, I'm kind of one of the guys. Hey, I just work here. hmm Nick Foles, not that he's trying to be something he's not, but Nick Foles comes in and he's leading. Yep. He's he's leading things in the quarterback room, in the offensive uh, team room, on the you know in the huddle. There've been a lot of guys who have talked about his leadership and the way that he's gone about things as a pro that you never heard said about Blake Bortles. So that alone, I think, can make this offense better, just in terms of the way
1: they approach things. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So so Nick Foles up to this point has really been not the guy, one of the guys. So he has an opportunity with the Jaguars, uh, this big contract to just really be the guy. And anything that you've learned about leadership or anything that, that uh, uh, you've developed over time as, as far as being the starting quarterback, now Nick gets the opportunity to not have to share time. Is this my team? Is it Carson Wentz's team? It's a really different dynamic. He is a really good leader. He's a smart player. Players gravitate towards him. Uh, he's likable, he's hardworking. It's important to him. Uh, he just does everything right. And all of that is great uh, when you start the season. And then also when you get when you when you get a big contract like that, it, it, it kind of like, you know what? Yeah, I am the, I am I am the guy. This is my responsibility. The mantle is on me. I've got to get these things going. So right now, all of that is great, but here's what has to happen. You can be a great leader, and all the guys can love you, and you can say all the right things. You could have the big contract and all that stuff, but you've got to win. And for this football team right now, it's critical that this team wins early. So in the first quarter of the season, the first four games, listen guys, if they're one and three or two and two, we're going to see a you know, we're going to see what kind of came out last year with this group. A lot of talking, a lot of bickering. This isn't working out. A lot of things happen when you're not winning football games. And I think your true colors come out when you hit, when you go through adversity. I hope this team is different, but a lot of the same guys that were kind of a problem in the locker room when things were going bad, those guys are still there. So right now, it's critical that they win early to kind of get some positive vibes going.
0: I'm really glad you brought that point up because in 2017, the Jaguars, as a locker room, some of the credit goes to Doug Marone, a lot of it goes to the players and leadership, rebounded well from losses. They didn't lose back-to-back games until late in the season. By the time, that time, they were already heading to the playoffs. Last year, it went the other way. They did not handle adversity well. And as you mentioned, you got guys pulling in the wrong direction. I thought it was very interesting getting to know – some of the players who were brought in this offseason. I can see a real pattern. Chris Conley, Nick Foles, uh, Josh Allen, although I'm not sure that was exactly part of the plan, but a mature guy. Uh, Even even some of the backups, guys who are going to play supporter roles, Najee Good. There are guys who are are real pros about it and aren't ego-driven in the way they approach things. Now, you can still have an ego and be a good leader, Uh, but we didn't always see that last year. I wonder because there will be adversity. This is not a team that's going sixteen and zero. Once there is adversity, will having guys like that in the locker room allow or force the Jaguars as a team to react differently to adversity than they did a
1: year ago? Yeah, I think so. And uh, and it's really about your it's really about your core group of guys uh, when when some of your best players who are considered the core. Um, aren't great guys, aren't great team guys, and typically what I mean by that is that they're more concerned about the Pro Bowl than the Super Bowl. They're more concerned about their contract than winning games. There are a lot of guys like that in the NFL. The Jaguars have a, some of them right now. But I think with the addition of a Nick Foles and, and, and uh, Chris Conley, um, there is no substitute for having, for having character guys. The problem is when you've got 53 guys on an NFL roster – some of those guys are dirtbags. They just are, and your hope is is that core group of guys, those seven, eight guys, uh, are the glue. They really hold hold it together, and feel a responsibility when that one player is acting up. Um, we had that early on in Jacksonville. We had some knuckleheads that would create problems. Andre Rison, I didn't say that. Did I say that? I'm sorry. Yeah, we had, but but we had enough leadership. We had enough Tony Basellis. Jeff Logamans, guys that are around, that been around, that would just talk to these guys and say, "Listen, you can't do that. That's not who we are. That's not what we're about. Um, you know, this is this isn't about you." So when you have that type of leadership, and I think Nick is that guy. I think Chris Conley is that guy. Aklaias, without a doubt, is that guy. Uh, so when you have enough of those guys, those team things tend not to happen. But but boy, winning—it's it, really this business is all about winning. When you win, everything's going great. When you're losing. Boy, it can go it can go bad really quick.
0: One last topic, then we'll throw it over some questions here. Thank goodness. <laughs> You're sick of my questions and comments already. Uh, if the Jaguars are six and six going into December, is that a good place for them to be? Is uh, can this team succeed at six
1: and six after Thanksgiving? I think I, I think six and six is fine, depending on the health of the team, it depending on who we're playing. I think when there's when you get into December and, and and Mike has been around this, he's been around many teams, if you get into December and there's just a measure of hope, even if it's just a little bit of hope, that's enough to get guys going. I'd take six and six. There's no question. I'd rather have eight and four, but six and six would be just fine. That's where you hope that you can, you know, win your first game in December and just start build that's what we experienced in ninety six. Mm-hmm. Gosh, we were three and seven, and and then we then we you know rattle off to you know, and we got no excuse me three and six, and we got to four and seven, whatever it was a long time ago now. Uh, there was just a little bit of hope, and that was enough to kind of keep things going. But I'd take that in the beginning of December, and probably probably be okay for Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell and their future employment
0: if they you know finished eight and eight. That would probably be enough. They, they want more than that, but. Uh, I think a five hundred season this year, considering what happened last year, would probably be a step forward. All right, we're going to throw it open for, qu- open for questions. Raise your hand if you have a question. I'll come to you with a microphone, and uh, you'll have to stand up a little bit here. And, uh, and I'll, I'll run back and forth through my best Donahue impression. Come over this way. All right. Mark, in your opinion, what, what do you, how do you think the Colts players feel about, about Andrew Luck's situation, uh, part one? And part two: Have you ever had the opportunity to give Woody Page the bird? <laughs> uh, of course, for those of you who aren't longtime Jaguars, Woody Page, the columnist in Denver, when uh, called him the Jaguars, and then the Jaguars went on to the win. Uh, let's start with the Andrew Luck situation because yep. uh, this one was a bombshell. Yeah, it was.
1: And, and listen, I, I like Andrew Luck. He's one of the good guys. It was bad for the. It was bad for the Colts. It is bad for the Colts. It's bad for the NFL. He's one of the best in the business. And I'll be honest with you. You know, you get on Twitter and everyone's you know, hey, you know, respect the decision and all this stuff. I had a tough time with it, guys. I, I do respect the fact that, that uh, he knew it was time and he was comfortable with retiring. I just, retiring, I just, a week before the season, um, I think there's a lot to this story that we don't really know. Um, in all likelihood, this was a situation where he wasn't going to play maybe for four weeks or eight weeks. We've seen that before with, with uh, Andrew Luck. But I just think, and maybe I'm a little too old school on this. I just think that if there's, if you could have gotten six games in or eight games in or, or something like that, don't you owe it to your team to tough it out? And you've gone this long going through rehab. You can't go through another two, two months of rehab for the sake of your team. He's the captain. He's the leader. He's so talented. I just didn't like the timing of it. He got booed. I didn't listen. I didn't like the booing at all. But the booing wasn't about we're booing you because you're retiring. I think the booing was about we're, re- you're, we're booing you because you're retiring and we've got a game in nine days. Um, so, listen, I, I don't want to take anything away from Andrew Luck. I get it. I've, I've done that grind before. In fact, when I was going through rehab and treatment, I was with this guy all the time. And it's not easy. Um, I just, it, was just a, it's a, it was a bad look um i didn't like the timing i wish he did it a month before uh or maybe you know maybe sometime in the season maybe right before the jaguars game possibly that would have been fine too now i will say this for the jaguars i freaking love it i think it's great all right let's get another question in here as we uh continue on
0: with the best podcast we'll do all day mark what's your take on the jalen ramsey contract situation Oh, and while we're coming back here, Jalen Ramsey contract. The Woody, do, you ever, do you ever talk to Woody Page? That was he the follow-up. Did you, did you ever ne, – never had a conversation with Woody Page? Yeah. No. All right, Jalen no.
1: Ramsey. I did my talking on the field. Yeah. That
0: – ladies and gentlemen, you have, you have just witnessed the first-ever Mark Brunel trash talk. That is – he has never thrown shade at anyone ever. <laughs> what the hell was in that water? Uh, Jalen Ramsey situation.
1: I have no idea. What's going on? <laughs> you better pay him or he's going to be a problem. How about that? Yeah. You better pay him what he thinks he's worth or he's going to be a handful. He already is. Listen, he's as, he's as good as they come. He And he is impressive and he is amazing. And he's going to get a big contract. I just hope it's just he doesn't have to go through the process where – he's holding out, he's already not coming to practices where he holds out and it gets ugly and things are said and feelings get hurt and pretty soon there's this. It doesn't have to be that. Pay the kid what he's worth. Um, don't go too far, be very smart about it. But when you have a player like that, uh, as, as, you know, some guys don't like his style or his mouth or how he does it. Listen guys, that's the NFL. You know, and every NFL has two or three guys like that that, that uh, you love how they play, but you don't like how they act. Um, that's just the way it is. I, I, I respect his game. Uh, I hope he's a Jaguar for the next 10 years. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. And so if that's the case, let's give, him, let's give him the contract that he deserves.
0: If you do give him that big contract, do you increase your expectation of him in terms of the way he conducts himself in the locker Do you change your expectation? Does he have to – right now he kind of says, I just lead, I go out there, I do my thing, I lead by playing. Do you have a different expectation
1: of him if you give him that big contract? You know, I think you you know just because a guy gets a contract, you expect him to be a leader. So you know, for for most of these guys, you can't ask them to be something that they're not. You know, Uh, I have seen Jalen at least in the games, and I haven't been you know around to too many practices, but he seems to to be more of a team guy and encouraging his guys, high fiving guys. He seems to be more in it. Um, Listen, if he develops as a leader. That's great, and, and I'm all for it. But we're not paying him to lead. We're paying him to uh, not, get, not give up touchdowns. And uh, um, so him being a leader is a bonus. I'm not going to ask more of him than, that he may not be able to deliver. All right, Wick, you're up next. Uh,
0: Mark, thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. Uh, first question is not about the defense. We're all confident in that. Uh, but the one I have is about the offense. If I am a defensive coordinator looking at this offense, I'm not thinking a whole lot of difference from the last several years. Yes, the personnel have changed, but I'm still thinking I stack the box and make Nick Foles beat me. Nick Foles
1: hadn't played a full 16-season game in a long time. Is that where this season is going to come down? Well, the season always rises. It, it, it rises and falls on your quarterback. I think we have a good one. Here's the question. I don't know what kind of Leonard Fournette we're going to get. His rookie year... Boy, that was impressive. I mean he burst onto the scene and he was solid. I don't remember what his yards were. But then last year, last year Leonard went dip went backwards. So and and I don't care where he worked out in Wyoming, and I don't care how much he weighs, and I don't care if everyone's saying how much great shape he's in. I need to see it on the field, and I don't know what we're going to see. I do think from conversations that I had with some people that Leonard is still trying to figure out what it means to be a professional. Um And listen, learning that doesn't happen overnight. There's a maturity process that you hope that he's, that he's arrived, but there's probably still some growth there. So, so we'll see, we'll see. I think it's, uh, he can go either way. Listen, Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone, they want to run the football. They want to run the football. That is their philosophy. They want to run the football, be physical, uh, establish the line of scrimmage, take care of the ball, not make mistakes, not turn it over. Uh, be pretty good on third down to keep drives alive, score some points, all of that stuff. But at their core, they want the old school uh, run the football. Our offensive coordinator got fired from, from the Minnesota Vikings last year because he didn't run the football enough. <laughs> So we got Nick Foles, who, who makes good decisions in the passing game. Listen, he's not Drew Brees. He's not Tom Brady. But listen, I'll take him. I think, I think he'll have a very good year. He's a quarterback that is certainly capable, if everything is in place, of winning 10 or 11 games. I like Nick Foles, but I don't know really what our offense is going to look like. If I'm a defensive coordinator, to, to answer your question... Uh, I stop the run and I apply pressure on Nick Foles. I don't worry too much about the tight ends and the receivers. I get after that quarterback, try to disrupt him, get up, get him off his off his rhythm. But I make sure I stop that running game. If there's one thing we know
0: about Nick Foles over Blake Bortles, it is that when the game's on the line, when the pressure's on, third down, fourth quarter, red zone, playoffs, Nick Foles is not going to crumble under the pressure. He has delivered on the highest pressure stage in the NFL in the as world. a Super Bowl MVP, uh, he, he will perform. How many times did we see Blake Bortles bring the Jaguars back from behind at the end of a game, right? It just didn't happen, right? Keep thinking.
1: Yeah. Your puzzler is still puzzled there. Well, let, so. let, me, say one thi- let me say one thing about Nick, and this is not uh, – listen, I, I've been very clear I love Nick. But Nick, up to this point, okay, again, please take this the right way. See, I hate recording – questions you know because like this is going out to the world and i mean this podcast is going to be heard by
0: probably everybody okay. in the english-speaking world yeah.
1: well and i've said this before though i mentioned kind of you know the, the quarterback you're very much um dependent on what's around you let's not forget when nick Foles had those moments in the red zone and on third down and in the super bowl and the playoffs and all that stuff he was surrounded by a different cast of characters the philadelphia eagles Loaded with talent, speed, health—guys uh, that can catch, run—a um, quarterback's dream. And uh, so, do we have that now? That's that's the big question mark. All Let's right, Philip. Uh, first of all, Coley did a phenomenal job broadcasting the high school football games you, this weekend. Yeah, that was awesome. that was, very, was pretty exciting. I thought
0: I'll edit that out too.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mark, the um, I just got a notice this week from my CPA about tickets being not—I can't write them off anymore. Are you aware of this situation that's going on in the government? I mean, I can't write a thing off.
0: You... Mark, I, I do recall that you did get your CPA and are working for the Jaguars ticket department. Is that? No, <laughs> That was the question? All right, we're going to edit the
1: whole thing out. <laughs> Listen, I'm the wrong guy to ask anything about finance, okay? Don't be asking me. I have to Ask the <laughs>
0: Mark, you talked about the um, inexperience and the young guys on the team. Um, Has Tom or anybody reached out to you or Tony or uh, Fred to kind of say, hey, guys, these are guys that took us to the AFC Championship game. These are older guys. They played in the league for a while. Has anybody reached out to you guys and say, hey, can you come talk to the team or these younger guys just say – this is what a pro is like. This is how it's supposed to be done. This is what it's. This is
1: how it should be run. Yep. Uh, some coaches do that, bringing the former players in. Um, it depends on the coach. That hasn't happened here. Um, I I do know uh, John D. Filippo a little bit, and he's hey, come on into the the meeting rooms and kind of kind of hang out and and uh, uh, so I haven't heard that. I can only speak for myself. I haven't heard that from Doug. Doug has said, hey, come out. Anytime you want, but as far as, hey, why don't you talk to Nick Foles? What, why the hell would I talk to Nick Foles? That guy's got a Super Bowl MVP. I I don't have one of those. Um, Nick's just fine, but but uh, yeah, as a holder, that, yeah, who cares? Hey, more
0: for, Fred for, Winner. More for, uh, Fred for Winner Tony. Best best yeah. damn Super Bowl holder I ever
1: saw. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I, I think it, uh, I, it would be great. I'll, I'll tell you this. If, if I'm the head coach, uh, I'm having Fred Taylor talk to Leonard Fournette, just spending time with him. They don't, I mean, just take him to lunch. Uh, if I'm the head coach, I want Tony Baselli around our new tackle, Juwan Taylor. I mean, that just makes sense. Um, I was able to spend some time with Bortles and was encouraged to do so that it it happens uh, some more teams than other more coaches than others uh it's a very good thing but a lot of coaches really don't want the former guys getting in the way sometimes i mean it sounds crazy but there's a time and a place for that but uh it doesn't happen as often as you would think but it, it does make sense all right a couple more questions here then we'll wrap the podcast
0: joe you're up next uh yes mark the question i had was we have um, uh, tom coughlin now helping with uh, personnel decisions Kind of bringing that old school '90s approach, but the league has changed. It's no longer a run first, ground and pound kind of league. If you look at the last six or seven Super Bowl winners, it's a pass first, open the run. I was going to ask you, do you think the current approach can work in the league? Because while I want to say that Fournette and the, the team will be successful, it's a pass league and it's a league where you got to score points and you can't rely on the the 17 to 16 wins. It's a 35 to yeah. 31 type type league. I'll point out that Joe is wearing his 1999
1: Jaguars polo shirt tonight <laughs> with the uh, the old logo. You know what? I, maybe I'll oversimplify this. It's, it's the players and not the plays. Um, every team in the NFL would love to be as dynamic as the Kansas City Chiefs. Every team would love to have you know, the passing yards that the New Orleans Saints have every year. I mean, Drew Brees wakes up on Sundays, he's already got 300 yards, all right, <laughs> already. Um, so I think, you know, and, and, and this is going to sound crazy, but it, it, like, like at Episcopal, all right, at Episcopal, I, always, I often get answered, asked, what kind of offense do you, do you run? And I always answer, depends on what I got. But it's true, though. It, it, it really depends right. on what you got, and so, um, yeah, the, the, I mean, teams want to have a dynamic offense, but when you when you got a Ryan Fitzpatrick, how how dynamic are you going to be? You know, I just the first name that popped into my head or, or something. Um, but uh, he's got a great beard, but, but uh, he's getting a little long in the tooth. So I, I just think that uh, it's a hard question to answer. I think – you know, you, you look at a lot of the, the young quarterbacks right now, the Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, this little, and the Baker Mayfields, and everyone's saying, you know what, the the game's changing. They're going to these mobile quarterbacks who can run around and all this stuff. Well, then, but then the Giants draft this kid from Duke, right? They draft a kid from Duke who was a pure pocket passer, Daniel Jones, is that his name, mm-hmm. pure pocket passer. So. Listen, there's always there's, there's going to be some athletic quarterbacks that are going to run around that you, know, that you fit a system around them. But guess what? There's always going to be the drop-back passing guys like the Matt Ryans and the Daniel Jones and the Elis and the Tom Bradys. And so it really just depends on what you got. And if you're really like this kid and he's just going to sit in that pocket, but you think he can win you 11 games and win a Super Bowl, you're going to draft him, no matter what the other teams are going to do. It really is about the players and not as much about the plays.
0: Ugh, running quarterbacks are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> How many hamstrings
1: did you did you work on? Yeah, let me say. Actually, let me say this. So, uh, Mike, it was mentioned before uh, that uh, he was our trainer uh, for the Jaguars for a number of years, and uh, you know, the trainer has a job. Okay, his job is to get the hurt players on the field, and when you work for Tom Coughlin. That could be very trying. That could be really tough. Mike, is he ready? Mike, is he ready? Coach, no, he's not ready. Well, what do you got to do? Come on, Mike. And Mike would get a lot of heat. But this is my point. Mike would take a lot of heat for us. Mike, as, as, as his job was very, very important, is getting Tony back on the field and Fred back on the field and, and getting them right. Mike always cared more about the person than the player. And that's why he developed so many long-lasting solid positive relationships one of the best guys i've ever worked with i'm forever grateful for him and his professionalism um what was also i also appreciate those times where i didn't have to go to treatment and he let me go deer hunting on tuesdays that was also nice too yeah also really nice too so just a great guy one of the best to ever do it at his position
0: the amazing recuperative power of a deer stand is uh, of a deer blind is great All right, well, we'll wrap up the podcast there. And uh, Mark, thanks so much for coming out to this uh, group of distinguished gentlemen uh, who shall remain nameless for the public's consumption. (laughs) Unless you've heard voices you might recognize as a result. Uh, Last thing, well, let's let's wrap it with this. Uh, Against Kansas City, tough start to the season. Give me one thing. If the Jaguars can
1: do this, they can win. If the Jaguars limit patrick mahomes um they will win if they keep him in the pocket if they keep him from just getting into rhythm and doing what he does if they just disrupt him and harass him and just put a little pressure on him that's it the game's ours you let him do whatever he wants and run around and and do all this this creative offense kind of stuff it 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 could be tough it could be tough it's all about patrick mahomes Mark, thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you, guys.
0: Remember, you can subscribe to Teal the Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. And as always, you can find Teal the Podcast under the Sports tab on newsforjacks.com.